Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Taking Charge, Evidence-Based Self-Management Programs. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on September 13, 2017. In this podcast, Kate Lorig, Director of Stanford Patient Education and Research Center, provides an overview of the Chronic Disease Self-Management Program. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here today. Can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Some of you may know, some of you may not know that uh, the Chronic Disease Self-Management Program and all the evidence-based programs that we've developed at Stanford University over the last 30 or plus years have recently moved to a new home, which is a self-management resource center. And um, this new center, basic mission is exactly the same as it was at Stanford, that to get evidence-based programs to people throughout the nation. And same programs, basically same people, new logo, new website, etc. So just wanted to start there because I know people are a little confused. The Patient Education Research Center at Stanford is now closed. The Self-Management Resource Center is now open. Next slide, please. Thank you. So why is chronic disease self-management important? Most of the facts on this slide, you all know, boring. One in four adults have multiple chronic conditions. Three in four adults over 65 have multiple chronic conditions. But I think what we don't think about a lot is that people with chronic conditions live most of their time outside of the healthcare system. We think that probably 99% uh, of the time outside of seeing a doctor in the hospital. And how they live during this time greatly determines their quality of life, their health, and also their utilization of the healthcare system. Unfortunately, we have very little in the way of standardized ways of helping people with chronic disease live their lives to the maximum benefit during this time. And the Chronic Disease Self-Management Program was really developed to do that. We looked at what people with chronic diseases need to know and do, and we found that across diseases, 80 to 90% of the strategies are the same. And so it's those strategies which we teach within the context of the Chronic Disease Self-Management Program. So what is it? It's a program that's six weeks, two and a half hours a week. The program is given in the community. This picture that you see is actually a course given in George's Garage in San Diego. Now, we don't have terribly many courses given in garages, but I think it's a good indication of going to where people are and making it convenient for them. Uh, generally, courses are given in senior centers, in libraries, in public schools, uh, you know, rooms, church basements, etc. Programs are led by two peer leaders. That means that most of our leaders are actually patients themselves. We have a standardized program for training leaders. It's uh, 24 hours given over four days. Leaders teach from a very structured teaching protocol. So they're not kind of left on their own to do whatever they want, but have a very 
very structured. In fact, many of our ladies will tell you it's too structured. Um, but that's the way that we can pretty well know that if a program is given in Virginia or the American Virgin Islands or in Guam or in uh, Ukraine, it's the same program. Uh, we have standardized materials. Uh, generally, in a workshop, we will have 10 to 15 people with different chronic conditions, most of them with two or three chronic conditions. One of the things that makes this program very different is that we teach several different topics every session. And the reason we do that is because people don't learn by getting great big thing, gulps of things. They learn by getting little bites and then adding to them. When people will go to school, they don't have three months of reading and three months of writing. They have a little bit of reading and a little bit of writing every day. We follow the same thing. So the same topic may be revisited four or five or six times. What makes the program culturally appropriate is that it's self-tailoring. And what do we mean by that? It means that we tell people general things about exercise and about nutrition and about sleep and about pain. And then we help them figure out how to use this within the context of their own lives. So we never tell people what to do. We help them get started in doing things that are helpful for them. Finally, all of our programs, um, I should say almost all of our programs, have been evaluated in randomized trials. And those that have not been evaluated in randomized trials have been evaluated in a pragmatic trial. And these trials go from as long as two years. So what do we teach? We teach people how to deal with symptoms, because what people are concerned about are symptoms. They're concerned about pain, shortness of breath, stress, depression, disability, sleep. So we actually teach about how to manage symptoms. We also teach a bunch of self-management tools, such as exercise and healthy eating medication management. We don't talk about specific medications, but we do talk about medication management. Communicating with family and friends, communicating with health professionals, and then three very key skills in self-management, action planning, actually doing something, not just learning about it. Problem solving. In this case, it's we teach a formal problem solving process so that the next time a problem comes up, people have a way of dealing with it and finally, decision-making. And again, we teach a very formal decision-making process because people with chronic diseases have to make many, many decisions every day. And when they make decisions, we want them to be able to make informed decisions. Next slide, please. Let me talk about a couple of studies now. Uh, I won't bore you with hundreds of these. But this was a study that was done a few years ago. It was done in 22 different sites across the United States. It was done, uh, we had people participating in both English and Spanish. There were more than 1,000 participants. Uh, the study was a year long. 40% of the participants were underserved minorities. And this is a study that focused on better care, better outcomes, and lower costs, the triple aims of healthcare. Next, please. So as we look at these triple aims, what was the better uh, 
patient experience. Well, people had less medication, uh, it's not, sorry, not less. They had better in, uh, medication adherence. They increased their minutes of exercise, and they improved their communication with physicians. Remember, this is 1,000 people over one year. They also had improved symptoms. They had less depression, less fatigue, improved quality of life, fewer unhealthy physical days, fewer unhealthy mental health days, improved self-assessed health, and for those people with diabetes, they had lower hemoglobin A1C. And by the way, these are all published studies. People can contact me or they can look on our website and um, can look at kind of all the details. Well, this is pretty high level. Next, please. There were also less healthcare utilization. There were uh, emergency room visits were reduced by 5%. Uh, hospitalizations were reduced. And a cost um, study suggested that the potential net savings of about $350, $360 per participant uh, for the people in this study. And the national savings, um, if 5% of the adults took this program, would be over $3 billion. Since that time, we've done a couple of more cost studies, and the cost studies generally come in just about in this same range about the savings in healthcare utilization. Um, so I'm, I'm fairly concerned, I'm fairly convinced that these figures are now real. Uh, we've recently done a study with a major insurer, and their um, data on costs came in right in this same range, and they were using data off claims data as opposed to self-reports. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about these data being pretty valid. Next, please. So. One of the things that we're asked about, and I know a lot of you deal with, are people with severe mental health problems. While we were doing this larger study, uh, people in the state of Michigan called me and said, could we do this looking at a group of people being served by mental health centers throughout the state? And we said, sure, we could do this. Uh, these people were not included in the data I just showed you. This was a little side study that was done at the same time. Um, and it was a six-month study. You can see that kind of how these people break out as far as having major mental health issues. Uh, obviously, this is more than 100% because people had more than one condition. Next, please. Again, uh, the demographics of this group, uh, they're younger, obviously. Um, um, you can see they had five conditions. But those were both mental health and physical conditions, and very high percentage of both Medicare and Medicaid users. Next, please. Again, over six months, this group saw decreased fatigue, decreased depression, improved medication adherence, improved amount and quality of sleep, and improved communication with providers. So again, we're seeing, again, in a group of people with severe mental health problems, pretty much the same outcomes as we saw in the other. This leads us to the thought that this program is for people with any sort of chronic illness, mental or physical, 
uh, around the country, generally these people are put into programs together. Sometimes they're separated, sometimes they're together. But it seems to work pretty well across both mental and physical conditions. The program uh, is now available in 25 states. Um, we have more than 2,000 active trainers and 10,000 leaders. Uh, the program is available in 14 languages. And it's also available in some other formats. It is available in um, a mail, a program that can be done through the mail. It is, um, this says uh, rural and telehealth programs. No, there are no telehealth programs. There is an internet program. This, this slide uh, is, is incorrect. There are no telehealth programs. Uh, to, find, to find a program near you, my screen just went dead. There we go. Uh, to find a program near you, there's a wonderful website. It is from the Evidence-Based Leadership Council. And so if you just go to EBLC programs, uh, you can see the whole thing here. But if you Google EBLC programs, you'll probably find it. There's an interactive map. And you can find not only the chronic disease self-management program, but all 19 or 20 of the Evidence-Based Leadership Council programs um, on that website. And if you want more information um, specifically about the programs given by the Self-Management Resource Center, uh, take a look at our website. We'd be happy to give us a call. We'll be happy to deal, talk with you. And I think this might be the end, but let's see. We have one more? Yeah, I guess we have one more. The other programs that we are doing the other evidence-based the other evidence-based programs are arthritis, um, falls prevention, diabetes self-management, pain self-management, positive self-management for those folks with HIV/AIDS, cancer thriving and surviving, and a soon-to-be-released program building better caregivers. So you'll see there's a whole wide range of evidence-based programs uh, that at least we think that you all may want to consider. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovation and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.